Now, the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So, I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is September 15th. Joseph, how we doing? Brendan, I'm great. I'm excited to do this. Thanks for having me. Uh, quick question for you. Yeah. How often do you think about the Roman Empire? Uh, not often. I was a I was a Latin scholar. I mean, that, those were the two words I throw together. I don't know if scholar was... I was a scholar for a bit and then I, I wasn't after... But, but so... I have a little background. I was I was into Latin. I, I did real well in it for a while. I, I studied the Roman Empire and history, but I don't think about it very often anymore at, at age 40, probably since high school. Like once a year, maybe for like a split second by coincidence. I don't know. Why? Do you know why I ask? Why? There's this big TikTok trend going around right now of women asking their male significant others how often they think about the Roman Empire, and they are shocked at how often that is. So you're on the low end of the spectrum here. This is a big TikTok trend. Really? Yeah. A lot of people responding like, I'm not that often, like two or three times a month. <laughs> and then people being shocked at how often that is. You're on the low end. All right. Well, I didn't think about it. Maybe I am on the high. I have no idea. Why is this a trend? What is going on with our society? We'll talk about the fall of fall of another empire. Why is this a thing? And how old are these people that they have TikTok, but then they're also asking their significant others and husbands about this? Like, get, grow up, get off TikTok, or come with some more creative shit. That's a thing. Big thing right now. Wow. Interesting. I, I'm a fan of the Roman Empire, quite honestly. It's a, it's an intriguing area of study, but uh, I guess we're going to get... That's going to get heavy the next two weeks, right? They're really going to lean into that. I see there's like a Colosseum motif around some of the grandstands and things like that. Um, that's going to be a lot, a lot of Roman Empire, a lot of uh, antiquity stuff coming in the next couple of weeks. I think Colosseum, man in the arena type stuff is going to be pretty yeah. heavy. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be coming hot and heavy. Speaking of, someone who won't be a gladiator in the arena, the Marunk man, Adrian Marunk, as we record this, sorry, we got a Friday morning recording. I, I apologize. Look, I had my kids' school outing yesterday. We were running around all day. Got a flat tire. We were going to record maybe at night. Got a flat tire after football. It's just a disaster of a day. Andy was traveling for a bachelor party. You know, that'll be that'll be interesting. Godspeed on that one. Um, Given, given that's like you know some of these quarterbacks they're asking to come in what, what, now with Rodgers down these names that they throw out that's like asking Andy to come into a bachelor party at this point it was like well like you know is Colin Kaepernick available could you know Robert Griffin the third play like these guys this is like Andy coming in to play a bachelor party so we'll see how that goes so we ended up with a Friday what, what are you gonna say go ahead do you think that maybe you can get one of the people on the bachelor party to do a special like five to 10 minute segment without Andy's knowledge and get some inside details on what he was like on the bachelor party. 
That's a good question. I think I probably, I could probably find a way in. I could probably find a contact. I know who's who it's for. So I think I could start there and, and work my way in. I don't know th- this operation very well, but I could find a way. Apparently it was supposed to originally be in Las Vegas. And he was like, oh God, I can't, I can't do it. And they got switched to something more, I, I don't know, benign or, or middle of the road. I, I think they're going, you know, Colorado or something. I don't know what they're doing, but uh, so we'll, we'll get a recap of that, whether it's from Andy or someone else. Um, so he's out. We're doing a Friday morning. And as we record this, the Marunk man not going to Rome, but going to the top of the uh, Wentworth leaderboard where he is nine under at the moment. Um, motivated, just good golf combination of both. But he is tied with Thomas. Don't call me Thomas Dietrich and Masahiro Kawamura at, at Wentworth. The, the, the Euros are by and large playing okay. Wouldn't say Nikolai started hot to trot out of the gates. Uh, but the, most of the Euros are playing okay in Wentworth. Where are you at? Is this going to just beef up the controversy? Is it it's immaterial except for shows like this where we can kind of ooh and ah and, and you know make make hay of it? Where are you at with, with the Maronka omission? Uh, omission? I, I mean, as somebody who likes chaos, I'm all for this. I want him to win <laughs> badly. And something I've already been thinking about I want the period between captain's picks and the Ryder Cup to just be known as like the petty swing. And <laughs> that's good. This is the way I felt about it before. Like Cam Young should have played the Fortinet and Keegan Bradley should have played the Fortinet too. Mm, as soon as Justin Thomas committed, like, yeah, I want this period to be the petty swing every time I want Marunk to win. I want guys who got snubbed to go show up, compete in these events. If they don't do well, it's kind of a free roll. If they don't do well, no one's saying like, I don't think that anyone will really hold it against them, but if they win, then it starts some controversy. So I'm here for it. I think it's fun. Is there any reason to push the the deadline back anymore? I mean, they did that the one year where it was literally, I think it was Hazeltine and like they were playing the tour championship on Sunday and the guy was getting his uniform on Monday, getting picked. Um, I guess the sample size is what it is more or less by then, but, but it avoids, I guess this bit of petty swing potential. I don't know. I think it's fine. I, I don't think you're learning a whole lot from yeah. the Fortinet anyway. So <laughs> BMW maybe a little more, but yeah, I think the way they're doing is fine. I love the idea of the petty swing. I'm getting all sorts of props like being sent to me. I was on the golf course yesterday. Uh, I was playing with uh, KVV. It was in my kid's school out and shout out the KVV. He was mentioning like, you know, if JT shoots this number, should he just WD if he shoots like 80 something or whatever, like all these uh, hypotheticals and props. Uh, someone said if ZJ beats JT this week, does he have to like withdraw his spot from the team? Like it's, it makes these events quite a bit more interesting. And we have like, quite honestly, I like JT's fine. I'm fine with him. He's on the team. It's fine. It, separate debate. We're not going down that, but like it's been a long time since we had a real picks debate, like a real, real good picks debate with someone that is like, High profile, interesting, superstar, just a guy, whatever you want to call JT at this point. Like, usually it's like, oh, you know, we're, we're at the margins. Should he take Bill Haas or like Webb Simpson? Or, you know, you know what I mean? It's not a Justin Thomas. So this has been a really, it's been grist for the content mill for sure. But, it, and it's made Fortinet, it's made Marunk playing well, making Wentworth a lot more interesting just within the, the, the context of that debate i can't recall the last time there was a massive sort of drama there because 
Tiger and Phil just, I'm sorry, they make the pick for you. They they get to go. And if they have any semblance of a game, or in Tiger's case, health, quite honestly, they just get to go. I don't think JT's in that stratosphere, but he's, you know, earned some level where he can not make the playoffs and get in. Um, but yeah, it's it's made these much more interesting with the props and hypotheticals. Yeah, the Justin Thomas content is coming. Like whether when he if he plays well at the Ryder Cup, the people who vouch for him are gonna dunk. And if he doesn't, the people who didn't think he should be on the team are gonna make the jokes. Like it's it's gonna happen. Some of that's unfair, but it's coming. Like and, and that's gonna be a really fun part about the Ryder Cup for better or for worse. Yeah, there just seems to be sort of this nefarious like undercurrent of like I want him to do poorly so I can shout about it on Twitter or be, I told you so like, I think that's getting a little carried away. No, I mean, I think think to the extent it's targeted at him. Yeah. Is a little gross. Like if you're tagging him and things like, yes, to make jokes though. And to be critical of the the captain's pick, I think is fair game. Yep. Uh, Speaking of the captain and the captain's picks, uh, this was an AP report out of uh, Napa that Netflix's full swing <clears throat> won't have full access at the Ryder Cup. Um, some interesting quotes. You know, Seth Law said Netflix is going to be there. They're growing the game, this, that, and the other. But Zach Johnson says, it was one of those where we all gathered. I talked to every individual and laid out scenarios. And they felt like it was best to navigate that week of the tournament. In a manner which the sanctity and sacredness of Team USA is preserved. We're eliminating scenarios. You know, it sounds like he's on, you know, a a Navy SEAL mission, right? Scenarios, eliminating scenarios. And sacred, sanctity and sacredness of Team USA. This is like with the NFL, you saw Minka Fitzpatrick put like, roped off the Steelers logo in the middle of the locker room because you thought it was like getting walked onto it. You put literal like movie theater line ropes around it. And so nobody could walk through the middle of the locker room. I know there's superstitions with other sports, but the fact that you had these props around the logo is ridiculous. This is, and then they got their ass kicked week one. So I don't know what that means. Um, This is a little ridiculous. I think I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm fine with Netflix not being in the room. I get like this is as raw and probably as quite personal, intimate, emotional that these kind of locker rooms get in a in golf. Um, and I think I'm okay with it not being in the, with the camera with them being like, you know, I think that's a bridge too far. I'm not okay with this quote. Satch, Satch just needs to dial it down a notch. He's way too self-serious to be like, you know, guys were comfortable with it. But talking about sanctity and sacredness of Team USA as if this exhibition golf match was uh, some sort of, you know, relic it is a bit much. Are you upset? I, I do not think the camera should be in there. I'm yeah. fully in support of the decision. And uh, I think this is the type of thing that maybe could have undone Team USA a little bit like in Paris like it just causes drama for no reason certain guys putting it on for the cameras I think we already learned from full swing season one that some of the most inauthentic moments happen because the cameras like the guys know the cameras are there I don't think we need the cameras in the team room that I'm with you though this this quote's a little ridiculous I'd like to know what the scenarios were what's scenario one there's two cameras in the left corner 
scenario two. Like, what are all these scenarios we're eliminating? Aren't there two? Cameras are in there or the cameras aren't? Yeah, I don't know. Because it's not released in, like, real time. You know, like, Europe's not seeing anything. Um, some guy's play isn't going to be affected the next day or the next day because, you know, he was on camera yelling at a teammate or crying or whatever. Might I don't know that that even happens, but I guess that those are the scenarios they're trying to eliminate. If you're it's playing a- on the team, at least if I were on the team, I would not want those cameras in no. there. How do you, you're, you're, you fully support that, right? I mean, I would love it. It would make the show incredible. Would it would it? be an incredible look inside. I think so. I, I think that's a place you want to go. That's a place where you'd want access. Now, would it feel authentic? That's a separate question. I mean, that's just the that's the that's an an issue that can't be overcome, right? So that's the cost benefit of whether whether you know it's worth it to even go in the first place. I think it's a place cameras have never gone. It would be good. Con- it would be good to see it. Whether and hopefully you can suss out what feels like bullshit and what feels like this is how it goes. Um, Got Andy calling me right now. Maybe it's an update from uh, update from Bachelor Party. Um, I should put him on. Eh, no, I'll hold off on that. We, we're already overwhelmed technically here. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm okay. But I think I'm totally fine with them denying access. Like it, it seems like probably a good idea from their side of the coin, right? Uh, totally. I don't think the camera should be in there. <laughs> Equally amusing in this article is Stefan Shoffley. Jumping in the pool. Father of zero time major winner. I don't I don't know why he's material to this. Xander is on the team. That's correct. And he said, apart from the fact that guys don't get paid, you cannot make a deal with a third party that we are not a party to for rights into eternity. So Stefan Shoffley getting off shots like just about from the business side, which has always been sort of not a a little touchy subject with the Ryder Cup, right? You know, you had the Brookline uh, Tiger Duvall, Amira, you know, kind of asking for money to be donated to charity, something more layman and Crenshaw popping back and like talking about how it makes them want to puke, things like that. So he's playing the commercial angle. There's no doubt they make a lot of money off this. Uh, But I think the players probably, if they do well, also make, not in purse money, but image and, and celebrity money too. But it was amusing to see the father, who I know is his coach, and kind of not, you know, he's around a lot in some role, jump into an article about this. Why why is he material to this discussion? No, I agree with you. And I hadn't thought about his quote too much other than seeing it and being like, that sounds like a Shoffley, because I know based on player <laughs> impact program and some other stuff that Xander, I, I doesn't surprise me that that's where he would land, but I don't know why would Stefan Shoffley would even want to be included in here. It seems like he, he likes to have his yeah. presence known a little bit, but it's not a material quote really. So I, yeah, I'm with you. He's not there. Xander's not playing Napa. Like, where was he? That he just parachuted in to offer this quote. I, that's what I'm amused about. So, and I, I didn't see a byline on the AP story. So, uh, Ryder Cup. We'll keep it going with one more DJ. We have Live uh, Chicago. Dick Carvis Farms coming up. Um, DJ. I don't want to say he's like throwing the gauntlet down, but it's as sort of spicy or declarative as you'll hear dj said i would love to be a part of the team but to be honest i haven't really played that well this year but have i played well enough to be on the team yeah 
I didn't have the best year. Was it good enough to make the team? I think so. If I would have been playing on the PGA Tour, yes, I would have made the team. Do I think I can help the U.S. team? Absolutely. This was to uh, the Palm Beach Post that he gave these quotes. You and I did a roundtable uh, or like a back and forth in the newsletter a couple of weeks ago. Like, well, who's some like off the board chance, off the board guy that has no chance of being picked that you wouldn't mind or seeing pick or you think, you know, could have a potential to, to add to the team? We both responded DJ. I don't think we saw that coming. It was independent. Uh, here he is in the newspaper saying he would be on the team. If he was on the PGA Tour, has it admitted he didn't have his best year or a good year, but if he was on the PGA Tour, he would have made the team. And I think, you know, not the worst contention. Once you open the JD, uh, JT can of worms, like why is DJ not more a part of that? That's the issue. Right? Yeah, I think like 95% of this quote, I'm like, well, what do you want him to say? That he, sh- that, you know... I respect if I were captain Zach Johnson, I wouldn't have picked myself either. Like, of course he's going to say that he should have been picked. I think the weird part is the, if I had been playing on the PGA tour, I would have been, I would have been in. I don't need, what does that quote even mean that he would have done better? Like this equivalent results from live to the PGA tour. And he would have been in because of the way that PGA tour players are viewed and, and that live guys weren't considered. Like it's a little bit of a weird quote. I'm not hundred percent sure what he's getting at there. I think he means that um, all things being equal, like play my play is what it is on live. My play is what it is on the PGA tour. The live baggage wasn't worth it. And being out of sight, out of mind often right. with the, the quote unquote like buddy system or the group that seems to have a lot of player control. And I know he's on good terms with all those guys. He's, he's not one who's torched the bridges. Uh, but I think like all things being equal, if you were on the PGA Tour and just around, and it, it not, I don't know, I guess it's baggage. Is that live brains? Brooks was kind of in, unavoidable in that regard. I think that's what he means. I, and yeah, I don't disagree with it. I don't know why. I don't disagree with you. it, but that's a huge if. What do you mean? If I were on the PGA Tour, yeah, if we got to see you playing in much more competitive fields week in and week out, like you would have had a better chance to prove that you should be on the team. Like, I, I, am I crazy here? I, I agree. The Justin Thomas thing muddies the waters because DJ could could claim a similar right. But Brendan, like you and you and I talked about on this podcast about how we would give Bryson a look. Like, I have yeah. no aversion to putting a, pl- a live player on the team. I would not have put Dustin Johnson on this team. And I, like, I wouldn't have seriously considered it. Would you have? Do you think he gives you the best chance to win? Why? Why is he worse than JT? Dustin Johnson hasn't been playing particularly good golf. He's 39. I think it's hard to know how much he's grinding right now and how much he's keeping his game in form. He, sure. he played in four majors this year. Missed he was bad. Cut. No, yeah. Bad. bad. Yeah. So, like, what is there to even hold on to? I agree with Justin Thomas. There's not much to hold on to either. I've said I would have taken Cam Young. I wouldn't have taken Justin Thomas. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Like, would you? I, there's no way I'm taking Dustin Johnson if my life depends on winning the Ryder Cup. So, I don't know. But I expect him to vouch for himself. So, for me, this quote was like, yeah, that's kind of what he should say. Okay. Interesting. I, I, you just don't, I think what he could have said is like, I understand it. Go USA. Like I, I get it. I wasn't expecting to be on the team. I'm not, and I get it and I'll be rooting for them. Uh, but I don't know. I, I think 
I don't think he's been a demonstrably worse player than JT this year or the last two years. And he was 5-0-0 at Whistling Straits. Um, I know that's maybe not a relevant you know, data point. He wasn't great in Paris. No. Nobody was great in Paris. You know, very few were great in Paris. So, so, so this is this stands out to you because it's a little spicier from Dustin Johnson than normal. Like him actually giving the quote and saying, "Hey, like, you know, if I'd played on the PJ Tour, I'd have been in." Like stirring yes. the pot a little bit. Yeah, within the yeah. DJ within the DJ realm of spiciness, right? right? And it's him saying he has rarely driven the Live Tour issue to the front, and he's basically saying it straight up, like, "I got jammed because I was on Live." Like, I, I did not get picked because I'm off the PGA Tour. I think that's pretty clear reading of it, right? Yeah, a little, I guess a little inside golf that you, you would know way better than I would. How does this quote happen? Does you think he says, I've got something I want to get out there and, and talks to somebody at the Palm Beach Post? Or is the Palm Beach Post asking Dustin Johnson for comment? How does this quote get out there? That's a good question. That is a good question. I don't know if they ran into him at the Woods Jupiter, uh, the Palm Beach. I don't know. Like The reporter clearly has somewhat of a relationship with dj but it's also yeah it's a weird yeah it's a weird origin of how this came about yeah it, it so clearly somebody wanted to talk to him like hey man how come you're not you know about your rider cup no one seems to talk about you anymore you were like the leader the leading points earner you're the aeon risk reward defending aeon uh not risk reward aeon uh jacqueline nicholas award defending <laughs> champion you know he's got to return his plate um, which she left on the private jet, leaving Wisconsin. Anyways, that's that. I, I thought it was just interesting to get uh, a comment from him because rarely do we hear from him in those kind of terms. So, um, all right, let's do a read for our friends from Red Rooster. I told you uh, earlier, uh, a couple podcasts ago, this is a kind of uh, this is the kind of brand we like to get in business with. Kind of partner we like to support. They like to support us. It's a smaller kind of. They're coming on the scene. They've won My Golf Spies awards for one, like first and second for best glove. It's uh, Brad Frisch, Carrie. Uh, that they, they kind of they're lifelong golfers, played college golf, professional golf, um, and you know they had a pain point. The gloves are just like ripping through gloves, right? They're just you know it's this problem, right? That, that everybody's got it, right? It's worse in the summer, usually. Gloves just fly through them. They cost too much. Uh, and they've developed kind of a, a brand. Like, they're golfers first. It's, it's very specific. It's just for gloves. Um, they've got the Sussex, which is like their their primo, uh, kind of everyone's first choice or a lot of people's first choice. It's like their, their award-winning glove. They've got a variety of colors, different college colors. What I like is that they often donate when you buy a glove, it goes to donating a kid's gloves to junior programs. Um, but this is like, a, it's they've spent years sort of developing, perfecting this. Some people, I was shocked we were on a call. They have like a ton of subscribers. People just subscribe to the service. So you get your like package of gloves every whatever you want to do, three weeks, month, how often you play. So they have a lot of people you can do a sub- subscribe service. But if you use the code FRIDEG15, you get 15% off anything that's full price on their website we recommend the sussex they've got rain gloves like this is their bread and butter they are uniquely and laser focused uh, to use a jay monahan a laser focused on gloves and uh that's it that's redroostergolf.com promo code friday 15 uh you use gloves do you use a glove i do use a glove i can't yeah. swing without one really 
I'll get you some red rooster. All right. Why can't you? What do you mean you can't swing? Your hand just doesn't work if you don't have a glove on. Your arm I've, doesn't. I have a terrible grip if I don't pull? have a glove on. Like if I go to Top Golf, I'm I'm borderline embarrassed. <laughs> That's good. We should maybe have Red Rooster set up on site. You know, an on site shop at Top Golf. Going. All right. Redroostergolf.com slash Friday fifteen. What else you want to talk about on this Friday? It's a whip around Friday before we go to golf advice. Do you have any do you have any Napa thoughts? I didn't get to see much of it. You know, Lucas Herbert has taken a bunch of time off. Um comes back hot. JT not low Justin on the leaderboard. You had Justin Lauer fresh off the fried egg event in Canton, the gold jacket. He won that. If you can believe it, a PGA Tour bro won low gross at a fried egg event. Um but he won that, and I think it was perfect prep. He goes right to Napa, and he shoots a five under there. So he's not low Justin on the leaderboard, but he did he did fine, JT. Uh, any other Napa thoughts? You, you said you watched well, a little bit. A lot of people are saying that fried egg events are good tune-ups. So this is just another feather in that cap. So, I yeah, it's not shocking to see that. Um, those setups are a little bit more demanding than a lot of PGA Tour setups. So maybe between the Ryder <laughs> Cup there should be a, a fried egg event between <laughs> captain's picks and the Ryder cup. And those guys can go tune up there. Um, I only have one real Napa thought, yeah, which is not necessarily a Napa thought. It's more of a PGA tour leaderboard thing that I haven't seen brought up. And I would, I would love to get your opinion on this. Have you noticed that a new feature of the leaderboard, they have the odds on the leaderboard, yep. which they've had for a while, yep. but I think somewhat recently over the last couple of months, you can flip on like winning percentage or like top 10 percentage. They have a probability model. I, don't, I think Amazon built it. I don't know who built, who maintains the model, but have you noticed that? No, I haven't. What is, what's particularly funny to me about that is having both the odds offered and the <laughs> probability of winning. And so you, it'll, it says like Lucas Herbert, 9.5% chance of winning, but then the odds are like, three and a half to one. I was going to say, what are they? Three to one or something? Okay. Exactly. And it's like, if you don't know how betting works, I mean, if somebody's two to one, that's like a, a 33% chance of winning, right? You bet a hundred dollars three times. One of those times you make 200. The other two times you lose a hundred. The break-even point is 33%. If if they show you that the golfer's got a, a you know, 10% chance of winning, but here's where you can bet them at three to one with our partner, it's a little ridiculous. And having it on the same leaderboard, I just find amusing. What do you think this, about this? This is on PJTour.com's leaderboard. Yeah, you can flip on the, the probability model. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, for you, especially for someone like you, you gamble, you're, you, you're a data guy, you're quant, uh, among the many other things. I don't want to pigeonhole you. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, this is the. They just want. They're running in the embrace of gambling. And I know there's some thought and consideration and there's some protections and guardrails, but they're just putting gambling shit wherever they can put it. Let's be honest with it, right? So if you're MGM or whoever does the odds, I don't know. I don't know if it's DraftKings or whatever MGM. it is. Yeah, you're probably not thrilled with guys saying some quant being like, go piss your money away on a percentage play that's like makes no sense. But the America or the consumer being what they are probably doesn't care and probably is not, you know, aside from a few sharps or not idiots, they still just want an action. They want sweet action and they just go. But if I'm MGM, I'd rather get the probability model out of there. Right. Yeah. 
I just think it's hilarious. Like, here's here's the guy with a 10% chance of winning, but if you want to go bet him like he's got a 22% chance of winning, here's where you can do it. <laughs> you don't give them any ideas. Send, the, send this via the fan council. They're going to flip this around. You know, they're going to take that probability model away from us real fast, but uh, it shouldn't be on the leaderboard. I agree with you there. Uh, Napa, I, are you getting anything out of this fall? I mean, there's some guys battling for cards. You've got like a... It's like the guys you would expect, quite honestly. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean that in a cold way, but there's nobody like really battling for like a card or status that's going to you know, be in the pip top 10. But there's some interesting names nonetheless. I mean, Peppy Peter is kind of grinding. He's on the pack or, you know, he's been the voice of the Peppy Peter cohort or level of player. Um, I think Ryan Moore, who I for, like just forgot was playing, he's like battling. So I don't know if that's what the game within the game is in the fall. That's always an interesting storyline, but I just not sure what, how I'm setting this up. The entryway to elevated signature. Uh, I just don't know what this is doing for me outside of, you know, these four day competitions. I actually am getting something out of it. I don't know. These are the most compelling golf tournaments in the world, but I think they're more compelling than they were with when they were part sure. of the actual oh, schedule. Yeah. And yeah. finishing the hot in the top 125 gets you full status on tour, which is actually a, a pretty big deal. So finishing 126th is not, you're not in a great position now. Uh-huh. I also think this next 10 thing is cool where if you finish in the top 10 of the FedEx cut points and you're not already into the designated events or the signature events, you get into the first two of next year, which is Pebble and Riviera. I think that's actually cool. So my biggest takeaway, and this is something that I've talked about many times on fried egg pods and shotgun start pods. Some of the guys who aren't here, it's like, what are you doing? They have to, if you haven't already locked up your status for next year, you should be playing so often in the fall and you have to have a very good reason to skip an event like this. And there are some guys between 50 and 125 that aren't there. They may regret they're they're probably going through their schedule saying, oh, I want to have a couple weeks off. I want to pick one. This was a good one to show up for. There's not an event next week. You got to have a good reason for not playing. Yeah. I, I, it's a course that's, it's pretty, I don't, it's not a course that are, Oh, that doesn't fit me, right? I mean, it's just it's your standard PGA. If you're a PGA Tour player, it's a fairly standard PGA Tour course. There's nothing that that's incredibly dramatic. I, I know it has its certain unique challenges, but like, especially if you need a card, you just go play. You go play on the moon. You go play no matter what. Um, points are points at this point. So. Do you like watching this event? I, so somebody made a comment on a, a fried egg post. Like, I always enjoy watching this event and can't 100% figure out why and I think for me I agree and I think it's the scenery it's just totally different than what we see on the PGA Tour most weeks like some of the evergreen trees and the Napa scenes where does this I've event, always, do, you, do you like watching yes, it yes I've always been good with it I don't watch a ton of it like I don't watch soup to nuts but I've always enjoyed this it's like later it seems just chill chilled out a little bit like it's a good counterbalance to football right you, you have football on one screen or you check in on this for a little bit and then go back i've always enjoyed this one it's it's also feels like it's had some good like good players uh in the mix often so i i've always enjoyed this one from the fall fall slate so um all right let's do golf advice i sent you a handful of golf advice emails um so i don't know if you prepped maybe you prepped for some this one i gotta say 
I was crying laughing reading this at, at my at the car at my kids' practice. I just started burst out laughing. The subject line of the email is coach. It says, hey guys, 38, two kids, no desire to fight. This is how I mean everybody is introducing themselves in their emails this way. 38, two kids, no desire to fight. I played last week with two older guys, both in the 60 to 70 range. They were great to play with, perfectly normal, and we had a lovely round. They introduced themselves on the first tee with their first names. I try to remember people's names when I play with them so that I can be cordial and give out the requisite, hey, nice shot, so-and-so, every once in a while. So these guys introduced themselves, but then they both immediately (laughs) began calling each other coach and never again said each other's first names. Early on, I was genuinely intrigued by this, so I asked where they coached, and it turns out they were high school basketball coaches together for a long time. So So they are close friends who coach together. Makes sense. However, they called each other coach at least four to five times on every hole, and it seemed like it was getting out of hand. Stuff like, hey, coach, what'd you get there? I got a five, coach. Okay, nice, coach. You win that hole, coach. Yeah, I outdrove you there, coach but you won the longest putt, coach. I mean, this was truly egregious overuse of coach. If they had been saying each other's first names, it would have sounded completely ridiculous too. My friend and I were laughing about it and having fun with it all day. (laughs) Whose ball is that on the green? Oh, I I think it's coaches. (laughs) So it can be 50% chance with that one. The entire thing was harmless, but I couldn't remember their names. So I just didn't call them anything all day. Should I have, should I have joined in and called them both coach? I mean, to this, I unequivocally say, yes. You just, it sounds like these guys were lunatics calling each other coach every fourth word. And if they're going to overuse it, you got it. I would be so amused by this. I would absolutely partake and play in whether they know that I'm, you know, being ironic about it or or not. Where are you at? I would love to think that that's what these guys were doing was testing to see if the guy could remember their names <laughs> and just going, giving them their names up front and then going cold coach the rest of the way and seeing if the guy could remember. But yeah, I'm calling him coach probably. And if you're that uncomfortable with it, I do think it's pretty, this is a pretty easy one where you just pull one of them aside and you're like, look, Really sorry, but you keep referring to him as coach. I can't remember his name. And then if it's Mark, then you go over to Mark. You say, hey, Mark, I can't remember this other guy's name. You keep calling him coach. There's a way around it, but I'm calling him coach. I've gotten a lot worse at this, remembering people's names, like at the top of the conversation. So that like, you know, good to see you again when you see him. Like, it's like, you don't, you, you go with the you or, you know, Mr. Or when your kid comes up, like there's a lot of strategies I've employed, but I've gotten really bad at this Uh, coach. I would love this. This would feel like a crutch where I don't need to worry about calling him pal or friend or buddy or whatever. Um, I would just call them both coach and I would call them. I would use it liberally throughout the round. So what do you, what do you, do you have a strategy you like when someone shakes my hand and gives me their name? I am me. It's in one ear and out the other. And I immediately forget it. I'm terrible. Do you have one where you like commit it to memory? You, you think of another person with that name, any no golf advice here? I've gotten terrible at it. I, when I was a caddy, it was like the first thing you had to do, like, right. You lock it in and then you're good. No, I don't have any advice. I've just really gotten bad at it. And you hope there's, Often it doesn't come up where you need to refer to that person by their proper name, right? You, you know, it's it. 
you, a third person would have to join the conversation, but you hope they introduce themselves there in that scenario. That's where you get like you can usually navigate that pretty well, but there is no strategy really for getting it back, uh, getting a second bite of the apple there. So, um, all right, that was a fun one. I just amused that those guys doing it every ten seconds. Um, firing range, the Hazel Rocketeer. Had a situation on the driving range today, and I'm honestly not sure if there was an alternative way to approach it, hoping to get your input. The setup, a private club driving range, and older guys on the far left side, a couple other people are on the far right. Everyone, including me, are right-handed golfers. The far left was the only spot in the shade at that particular time I was there. So this is likely why this older guy is down there. The net does encroach on that spot, and you have to aim a little bit to the middle or right of the range to hit the ball in play. This will become important. I set up roughly in the middle and began to hit a few. I noticed a few balls coming close to the rope on the ground and knew what happened with the guy on the left. I ignored it. We've all hit range shanks and it sucks. I wasn't going to turn and look and call extra attention to it. He hit a few more. A couple times I heard him hit a basket of balls behind me. I snuck a glance while taking a drink. He clearly placed a basket, one of those large baskets. They set them out on the range to stock golf balls to block any other potential rockets headed my way. It didn't help. A few more uh, came fairly close uh they they whizzed by me uh some came uh, bounced directly next to my foot while i was setting up over a shot close enough and with enough velocity i could not pretend to ignore it i turned and looked he gave me a sheepish sorry a couple other came close to other guys i gave a little wave and i said okay no worries after he said sorry i felt bad for the guy he was trying to find the club face and becoming more and more exasperated with each hosel missile I backed off and checked some messages on my phone to see if this would continue. It did. A couple more rocketed down and next to the other golfers. They either ignored it or didn't notice somehow. Moving down to them would not have been an option. The entire range tee was in this guy's firing line. I ended up grabbing a couple wedges and going to the short game area to wait it out. I had some hope when he started hitting a wood, but no. I watched a few more go sailing over his protection basket. I love the concept of just like a little plastic basket somehow like really mitigating this. I guess you could get like a deflection. Uh, it seems like that is just not, uh, not a useful uh, protection area. His protection basket encroached on the other golfers. Finally, after what seemed like an attorney left and returned to finish my practice. I'm curious if I had any real options here other than to wait it out. I don't know who this guy is. And I didn't want to say something and have it come across the wrong way. Asking him to move more to the middle so he could aim straight wasn't really on the table. It was the sun, and he was definitely avoiding that, you know, down in that shaded spot. And he would have sent golf balls into the woods. And I didn't want to do that to our outside staff because I've been in their position. Know how that goes. Cheers, guys. Curious what you think. Uh, that's from Jeff. What are the options? I think he probably executed the right one, just going away and doing another form of practice somewhere else. Yeah, I, I really like the guy that wrote this email. Seems like a very respectful person that didn't. He was uh, conscientious, both both of the guy wanted to stay in the shade and not wanting to embarrass him too much. So seems like an, a nice listener. I yeah. think you only have one. There's only one thing I could think of, and I don't know how good of an option this is. I think you could maybe take a big basket and put it like right behind you shielding you from these balls like he had set one up and kind of make it a joke like you kind of make eye contact with him like i'm defending myself too but also set the tone like i know you're hitting balls that are coming close to me that's the only thing i can think maybe you could do but i that might be rubbing him the wrong way and you might not need to do that sounds like you handled it pretty well if you had to do something 
I think you could maybe set up some kind of barrier that you are in on the joke. It's not aggressive. You don't yell at them, but also it, it makes the point like, hey, I know that balls are coming at my feet. I might have spoken up a little bit more after a while. You feel bad for the guy. And so like, hey. What would you say? I mean, it, I, I would say it like half jokingly. Like, we're kind of in the firing line. It's like, do I need a hard hat down here? Or like, you know, that kind of stuff. Or like, I don't know. It's it's like, I don't know, dangerous out here. Something. I think that's half joking, but it's getting the point across. Like, this is getting ridiculous. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't be necessarily above that, but I do think the proper approach is just get out of Dodge for a little and hope this guy quits. That was the hypothetical I wanted to throw at you. Like, you know, we've all hit these on the range once or twice. Never to this extent. I would not me personally. I'm not the best golfer. If this was going on with you and you are the Hazel Rocketeer. Like, at what point are you folding up shop? I mean, I think I would have the self, you know, conscious ability to just get out, right? I'm putting people in danger. I'm not finding it. He switches to the wood. It's go- I don't, like, what? how many is it before you're like, all right, I'm done. I'm putting people in danger or I'm, this is not fun, clearly. Um, what point are you cutting yourself off? I think three is probably <laughs> yeah. my number. I mean, one right. is... One's fine. That happens. Yeah. Two, and it's uncomfortable. The third one, you ha- you got to go inside. And I Do feel for the else. guy, but yeah. I'm with you. You can't be sending these hosel rockets across. One other hypothetical for you. What yeah. would you do if like a young boy or a young girl started hitting between that guy and you? So you know they're in the line of fire. Would you step in and be like, I don't want to see this little kid get hit? That's a good question. That's a good question. I don't know. I yeah, I probably would at that point. Because then you're like, they can't really protect themselves that well. They don't have maybe the the reason, reasonable judgment to understand what could be happening and remove themselves from the situation like this guy did. I mean, it's so like, you got to you gotta go, like, you got to watch this kid. You, you're hitting rockets right past him. You got to watch this kid. I can't believe this guy just kept doing it. You can't do that more than like three, maybe. Right? And then it happens. You just stop. You put the golf clubs away. Right? Done. Um, all right. One more. This is from Pete. <clears throat> Gentlemen, I'm 46. No kids. We'll throw down if necessary, but prefer not to. Good. Good frame of reference. Was recently out for a round with a coworker. So that's an important detail. Coworker. We decided to play a little skins game to make things interesting. We're taking. We're talking beer money, not paychecks. Anyway, I'm a notoriously slow starter. I'm down two skins after nine. I heat up on the back, win several holes, and I'm now up three skins after 18. We have the time, and the course is quiet, so Ian, the co-worker, talks me into playing an additional nine holes so he can try to even things up. I'm feeling a bit tired, but figure, what the hell? I'm three up. I'm up three skins, so even if I get fatigued, I'm not going to be out much. We start on number 10 for the third nine. I win 10, 11, push 12, win 13, and 14. The wheels are coming off for Ian on 15, a long par five. He hits a decent drive in the middle of the fairway and then completely flubs his second shot like a 15-yard dribbler. He then gives his club a two-handed, over-the-head axe throw down the fairway. He then proceeds to grab three more irons out of the bag and throw them in the same fashion while yelling, You think you'd fucking learn you're no good at this fucking game? I offered that we could call it a day at this point, but he wants to play it out. He's just taking his beating. 
Needless to say, Ian's game didn't improve over the closing few holes, and they completely skunked him, finishing the day up 12 skins. He was pretty sulky and didn't say much down the stretch. Do I mention any of this to him at work? So this is like, you know, we get plenty of angry golfers, but now this is like the basis for your relationship with a coworker. Do I mention any of this to him at work? Do I tell all our coworkers not to golf with Ian? Do I just take the money and keep my mouth shut? All right, so three questions there. There are other options, of course. Where do you come down on this? I, I mean, amusing story nonetheless. Like, I would be just... I'm always entertained by most of these. If I'm the golfer in this situation, I'm entertained by the guys calling each other coach. I'm just... This, this is adding to my amusement for the day, that this guy's chucking clubs that like four at a time and cursing himself out. And you have this professional relationship. So I'm amused by that. I have no problem with this guy. Uh, it is a great story now. What do you do going forward? Do you mention it to others? Do you take your money, shut up? What do you do? I'm with you in being amused by this stuff generally. I think if I were playing with a coworker and they started throwing clubs, that starts to get uncomfortable. Um, the only detail that's missing here is how big the, the company is. Like, If this is something where you don't really see them that often, then I don't think you need to say anything. If it's a small enough company, which I'm guessing it is, I, I don't know yeah, if this is... Yeah, it seems like it's it an sounds office like, setting or something. Yeah, or let's say office setting. Sure. Yep. You 100% bring it up at work. <laughs> that's I, I believe you break the ice and you don't let this become something that's uncomfortable, potentially a little toxic in the work environment. Yep. I think you either like give him some kind of object and are like, I want to see if you can throw this farther than your five iron or like just make a joke, break the ice in the office or or you you maybe like get donuts for the team and you're like hey these are on ian and then you tell the story and it oh, breaks man. things up and i honestly i don't think that's a rude way to do it you do it in a funny way but you have to bring this up if you let it fester there's potential that it could get uncomfortable so i am bringing it up and i'm making a joke out of it and bringing everyone in on the joke i think i just take my money and keep my mouth shut i don't think you bring it up. i think if it happens again I, I, this could be just a bad day in a one-time isolate, like clear. Although I guess the context of his self uh, cursing may would make you think he does this a lot, admonishes himself a lot. Um, but I, if I play with them again, if it happens again, then I would just like basically say, "This is who this guy is." Um, wasn't he? Wasn't he saying though that, that he was pretty uncomfortable? He was like, "Would I advise my coworkers against not playing with him?" It doesn't sound like this guy wants to play with him again. It doesn't sound enjoyable. No, it does not sound enjoyable. But I guess that's, is it a boss that's asking? It seems like this guy is not in the org chart above him. It's either at the same level or below Ian is, or whoever the, the friend is. Um, I think I'd take my money and just keep my mouth shut. And then if I'm ever in the circumstances again of having to play golf with this guy and he's a lunatic, you know, that's a pattern at that point. And you just, you tell your worker, coworkers to stay away from him. Hopefully this was just a bad experience and don't go out of your way to play golf with him again. I wouldn't go out of your way, but I like your idea of making it a thing in the office. I mean, you hope the guy sounds like he's got some temper problems. If he takes it the wrong way, now you've, you've taken the battle from the golf course to another arena where he could lose his cool and just hate your guts forever. I think I'm buying cookies and I'm saying, these are on Ian. He had a little bit of a rough day on the golf course. We're laughing about it and we're moving on. I think that's the way I go. I think that's how I approach that one. 
All right, let's do it. Let's do more. I'm loving this. I'm, I'm enjoying Golf Advice Friday. Um, all right, 39, two kids, no interest in fighting. Club championship at our place starts with an 18-hole stroke play qualifier with 15 advance and join the defending champion in the bracket. Uh, the event It's the event one time a year where everything is supposed to go to the bottom of the hole, no gimmies. Context, uh, you know, I don't mind counting them all during the qualifier. This guy's a, a former, a good competitive player. Uh, the nerves are a little nostalgic for me, and I never take gimmies and on this and only this day. However, our membership is not the most serious group of golfers, and at least half of those trying to qualify are two to six handicaps or drinking a decent amount at all, all times. I think everyone is fairly respectful of the field, but there isn't a chance in hell everyone holds everything. Zero percent. I was not playing in the group where the following incident occurred, but the details are not in question. Everyone agrees. Two of our guys, let's call them Peter and Brian, were playing together in a threesome along with another member. Let's call him Adam. Both Peter and Brian were playing rather poorly and becoming increasingly frustrated because particularly Brian, who thinks he's much better than he is, takes it way too seriously, was visibly panicking the entire back nine. On the 17th hole, Peter missed a short putt and it settled just off the edge of the hole. Not 18 inches, not 12 inches, one to two inches away. Peter swatted the ball away in disgust. Brian lost it and badgered Adam, who was keeping Peter's card, about what he was going to give him for the score all the way from 17 green through the completion of the next hole. He then raised the issue with the head pro, who assessed Peter a two-stroke penalty, which, you guessed it, resulted in him missing match play by a single shot. Brian also missed as even this penalty couldn't save him from his own implosion. This was the guy who's much better than he is, takes it too seriously and visibly panicking. The question is, in a club event where you are supposed to hold everything, but it is well known that once the cocktails start flowing, some of the boys get a tad generous, how should Brian have handled the situation? One, pretend it didn't happen. Two, calmly tell Peter, don't worry about it. It was an inch, but please don't do it anymore just for today. Three, enforce the penalty. Four, something else. Uh... That's from Lewis. All right. Um, where are you at with this one? I think you have a couple options. You definitely do not take this to the head pro. If if everyone, if people aren't holding it out, which is a little bit uncomfortable because then it comes down to like, well, how long is a gimme? Yep. That's an uncomfortable situation. But if it was truly a two inch putt, there's no chance that I'm bringing that up to anybody. Maybe, maybe I'm saying something to him. Like, look, that was two inches. Don't care. This is the Kevin Na, Dustin yeah. Johnson thing at Dell match yeah. play. But like, hey, you got to hold everything out. I didn't, that putt wasn't good. But 100%, no world where I'm taking that, where I'm escalating that up the chain and it results in a penalty stroke. That's crazy. It's a club championship. These people take themselves way too seriously. A theme of golf advice is you don't want to be that guy. We're finding a lot of that, the, those guys, that guys, right? You said that was good a week ago, right? That we were getting, uh, anyways, we're getting a lot of feedback on that that controversy where the, that's pretty good controversy. Multiple people, people involved in it on both sides are apparently arguing their case, have, have reached out. So we'll, we'll follow up when we have Andy for that one. But you don't want to be that guy. And the person described in this email, Brian, sounds like that guy thinks he's better than he is. He's not playing well. He's, you know, and now all of a sudden he's getting, you know, this he wants to play cop, you know, the police on the one inch putt. He sounds like that guy. You don't need to be that. You don't need. Don't be the asshole on the golf course. Understand. Read the room. Understand the situation. I understand there's competitive golf. It's club championship. It's not a just weekend game or whatever, but it's still just like it's not the masters and 
a one to two inch putt is a pretty black and white. I know it's a slippery slope, but that's it's not going in the hole. But that's a pretty easy one that you don't bust his balls all the way in and then bring it up with the pro who has no choice. You put in the pro's hand, he's got to do it. Like, you know, he reads the rules off before you go off the first, you know, before you enter the championship. That's what he says is how it's going to be, whether it's observed or not. He's got to follow it. Guy sounds terrible. You can't do this. Can't be a Brian. I would say it didn't happen. You pretend it didn't happen. And then if there's one that's more in the gray area, you talk to him about it. But one to two inch, I would say pretend it didn't happen. And then if it happens again in more gray area and you feel like this needs to be observed a little more rigorously, you bring it up. What would you do? Somebody hits the ball, they have a five footer, they hit it by three feet and they leave themselves like a little slippery and they just scoop it. I I do care about protecting the field. I I don't want to be that guy. I'm not sure what I would do. What would you do? Three feet, not two inches. I gotcha. I mean, with the context, I'm 40 years old, four kids, not interested in fighting or generally (laughs) confrontation. And understanding this would maybe provoke a confrontation. I think I'd bring something up with this hypothetical three feet slippery. And it's, you're saying this is a competition where like these are the rules that's laid out. Yeah. I'd say something like, Hey, that, that wasn't like we're hitting the cups today. Uh, No one said anything. No one conceded that or no one, no one, you know, suggested that's good. And also that's not even the rules today. I would say like, hey, man, you shouldn't. I'd say it more in a polite way, a gentle way. But yeah, would you say something? Would you give him the putt? Would you be like, just don't let it happen again, but we're going to mark you down for a five? It's a tougher question. I would certainly say something. Um, yeah, probably. I'd probably be nice and just do that. I don't need to give. But then, of course, whatever shakes out with the that does he get in off that versus the two-stroke penalty? I think I'd probably do that though. Maybe I'm not protecting the field and avoid and trying to protect myself from confrontation. I, I don't know. I that's a shitty move. I would be pissed and say something for sure. I don't know if I would say we gotta go talk to the pro about it, but where where would you fall? I don't I think I would laugh and be like, That's pretty generous of you. And yeah. then after that, I don't know <laughs> I don't know what my next move would be. I think I'd probably give it to him and be like, Look, I got Everyone out here is holding everything. We can't, we can't be giving ourselves putts like that. I'd probably give it to him though. I don't know. That's a hard okay. spot. Okay, it's a good one. Last one. You got to go. This is a quick one. Off course rain gear. I love this. This is right in my wheelhouse. I'm 39, two kids, and I haven't looked to fight in several years. This is brownie. This should probably go into another file than on course advice and more like dad advice, but it's golf related. We cook a lot of dinners on our outdoor grills where the while the weather is nice. Our grills are located about 30 yards from our house where I have a covered grilling area. Recently, there have been a few surprise rain showers that are not in the forecast. When these rain showers showed up, I grabbed my um, branded short sleeve rain shirt. It was zero restriction. We'll just say zero restriction. Our friends, that's just 30, zero restriction.com if you want one. Um, 30% off. Short sleeve rain shirt to make my trips back and forth from the grill to the house, thinking it was a pro move. My wife is calling me, calling it my grill poncho and telling me how much of a weirdo I am for wearing it. It really does the job of keeping me mostly dry. I don't play much currently, and this shirt has been hanging out in the closet for a number of years. And I felt like this was a great way to use something that I would not use on the course and put it to good use. Am I looking like a jackass in my rain shirt, or is this a pro move that I think it is? Happy to hear your thoughts. 
go ahead, Joseph. Where do you what do you feel like on this one? I could not be further from a fashion icon, so maybe I'm not the best person to answer this, but if the goal is to stay dry, I don't think it matters what you look like if you're walking what between the house and the grill. Yeah, you're not even in public. Put right? on whatever put on whatever you want. If yeah, if you're in public maybe it's a little no. different, but I don't think it matters. Put on a poncho, put on whatever you want. I think it's totally fine. Oh, I think like golf course rain gear is worn more off the golf course than on the course. It's like, look, this is the pro move. I'm sorry. My wife also makes fun of me. Look at you in your shacket, you little idiot. You look like a door. Like, look at you in your shacket. Um, but she's laughing over my shoulder now. I think she does. You, you, yeah, she's right in line with this this woman in this emailing. But, you know, that's what they do. They They like to make fun of us. But... This is why you have this stuff. You don't have to be playing golf. If it's raining, it's raining. The best is when you get a soccer game on turf and it's just, or football or whatever it is, and it's just pissing down and you have the full deal. I go pants. I go rain pants. I go rain top. Rain gloves. And you, <laughs> not gloves. Not gloves. But I would go to redrooster.com and use the promo code SGS15 if I needed them. Um, that's two ad reads in this email. No, but this is why you have this stuff. It's the best for youth sports, and it's pissing down. You don't even need an umbrella if you have your rain gear. I I would feel no sort of uh, qualms about doing this, especially running to your grill. But I totally understand your wife making fun of you with the the, the, the rain shirt, the jacket. It sounds like this one is sleeveless. So and use it. Like how often do you use rain gear in a year? Once. Well. I almost never do. We, we were in a little in bit Texas. of a drought right now, but I don't think there's any problem with it. If it's raining, it's all bets are off. Whatever keeps you dry, don't think it matters. All right, that does it. A beefy golf advice. Joseph, you are a friend and scholar of the program. Any parting thoughts before we head out on this Friday? No, I think maybe, maybe uh, get a video of, if you're a female listener, get a video of your husband or boyfriend. Ask how much they think about the Roman Empire. God. Send it into shotgun start. And preferably him wearing a jacket or some sort of rain gear that's not on the golf course. All right. Everyone enjoy your weekends. Thank you for your continued support of the shotgun start. We will be back Monday. Maybe get some bachelor party details. Thank you, Joseph. Oh, follow you on Twitter. Everybody knows where to follow you on Twitter. Everybody knows Joseph at this point. Um, Finding the Edge newsletter. Subscribe to that, please. All right. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>